0: welcome to the Preview Review Radio Hour. I'm your host, Tyler Ellison, joined as always by the lovely Ryan Toon. Hey. Tonight we'll be delving into the world of movie trailers featuring Dr. Sleep, Lucy in the Sky, Jojo Rabbit, and The Irishman. Okay, I can't do this if you're going to talk like that the whole episode. (laughs) Come along with us. Well, okay, here's the thing, Ryan. (laughs) Obviously, we're not going anywhere as a self-published podcast, so we have to fit into an archetype of a different podcast, and I had to choose, like, public radio as our genotype. I just feel like it fits. Like, we're very professional, well-researched, expert hosts.
1: Yes, with a very professional studio and sound setup.
0: I, I just think that it works.
1: And our professional editors working day and night,
0: yeah, like I just, our, our professional social media I think team. we have all the top qualities of some of the most thorough and professional podcasts out there, but the only thing was like our our vocal style wasn't matching that, so I was trying to like be you know
1: you know what, you're right, I've never heard a podcast where they don't talk like you were talking at the beginning, and
0: well, not like a professional one, Those no, no, all
1: no, all the other ones are like
0: cheap podcasts, yeah,
1: like what my favorite murderer,
0: yeah. Yeah. Karen, Georgia.
1: Ugh. What is that? $2 production quality? Ugh.
0: Come on. They're not successful at all.
1: I know. You probably never heard of them, listeners, but they're this little indie podcast that sometimes we listen to and, you know, we give them a pity review and rate on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, just like we hope you all give us pity reviews and rates on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Okay,
0: well, I guess we don't have to be a public radio podcast. I guess we can just. Good, do I our was own thing.
1: over it before it even started.
0: I made that up on the spot. How could you be over it before it began? Exactly, it's improv, baby.
1: Ooh, baby, we're diving right in, and you know what we're diving into? Hit my theme song for Ryan's review oh roundup.
0: You literally are not getting. Ryan's the
1: theme song. review roundup. This is the theme song. Now you can just go back and add the little instrumental fills to make it sound nice. And, okay, you can cut this to part where I'm telling you how to edit the podcast out, though.
0: I don't like it.
1: Okay, but make sure that it sounds beautiful. You don't have to like it, you just have to make it sound good, baby. I won't. Alright, well, we gave some time so Tyler could edit all that weirdness out and put in the beautiful theme song. So it's time to review some movies. Tyler, I recently saw Don't Let Go. The movie about the crime through time. Wow. Oh, that could have been a better title. Remember how we were talking about better titles for that one? Um, it was a pretty good movie. I liked it. I liked the premise. I like how it was executed. Um, my only issues were I think it got jumbled a little bit towards the end. So I think it would be a good watch if it's still in theaters when you're listening to this. Seek it out. If there's a better movie in theaters that you think you'd rather enjoy, I wouldn't say choose this over that because you know yourself better than I know you. But, you know, if it's a lazy Sunday and you're scrolling through Amazon Prime and don't let go there, I'd say it's worth your time. But guess what, Tyler? That's not the only movie I saw.
0: You saw more than one movie since we last recorded this podcast? Yes. Wow, that's so I've unlike seen you. At
1: least two. I've seen more, but we didn't talk about them on the podcast, so I'm not going to talk about them now.
0: Okay, that's uh, that's fair.
1: Well, the other movie was It Chapter 2. Ooh,
0: I saw this one too.
1: Yeah, you were sitting next to me.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: So, this is the follow-up to It 2017. Mm. Um, In this movie, I feel like it adapts the second half of the book, and it takes some pretty liberal choices with the story, because the story kind of goes off the rails, and they make fun of that in the movie, which I enjoyed. But... Overall, I think this movie is not as good as the first movie, but if you liked the first movie, you'll like this movie. And if that review seems a little jumbled and all over the place and totally inconsistent, then you have successfully experienced what it's like to watch it chapter two.
0: I do have to say one of the high points about it chapter two in the promotion and the like you know the hype for it was the casting of the adult versions of the. Oh, Losers the cast Club, is and brilliant. It's so on point. so it's good fantastic.
1: Like, the movie's still very solid, and if you like the first one, you will enjoy the second like, one. Like, even,
0: like, James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader were ones that were, like, a lock. The big that, names. Like, they were going to be great. But even some, like, pseudo-unknowns, like James Redstone plays the grown-up version of Eddie Kasparak, and he is fantastic. So, I was really impressed. Oh, and Isaiah Mustafa, as Grant Mike Hanlon is also very good in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was very thoroughly impressed that is the highlight of the film in my opinion and of course Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise is always great as a very consistent Yeah, he was great from part 1 and part 2. You
1: mentioned Isaiah Mustafa Tyler and um just a little tidbit after I saw this movie I went home and I was scrolling through my phone and I got one of those Instagram sponsored ads and it was an old Spice ad
0: with Isaiah Mustafa starring
1: Isaiah Mustafa and it was an ad for socks did you know Old Spice has socks that have the likeness of Isaiah Mustafa on them? No. Well, you can buy them. I think they were like twelve dollars or something like that. I decided to pass. This
0: isn't an ad, read or anything. We just, we're just. Old
1: Spice's brilliant socks give you comfort and keep you cool throughout the day.
0: I'm gonna email you before I publish this podcast, and you better get back to me so we can leave this in. We should at least
1: get the socks as payment.
0: I'll leave it in for money. And if you don't respond, I'll leave it in for socks, for the jokes.
1: But those were the movies I saw. And this was Ryan's review roundup. Now play the outro music.
0: There's no intro, no outro music. There's no music involved in Ryan's review roundup.
1: I mean, that's debatable. Like, what about when I reviewed yesterday or blinded by the light?
0: That's not the same thing.
1: Music was involved, Tyler. So anyway, um, Tyler, before we dive into today's riveting episode of Preview Review, what was your favorite movie of the summer? It's it's fall movie season wow, officially. It's
0: finally fall movie season. We're kicking it off spooky time. I love Halloween. Can't wait for all the horror movies to come out this October. There's actually not that many. It's There's nice not.
1: But but we did kick off fall movie season with It Chapter 2 though. Which It was the first fall movie of the year. Yeah,
0: but... But we're talking summer movies. We're talking summer movies. And as you all know, listeners, avid listeners, fans, stands, perhaps, we have a summer movie box office game that's ongoing. And I'm sorry, we're not quite ready to announce the winner.
1: It's still ongoing.
0: We still have to let
1: let let the money flow in. (laughs) Let the money roll in. Everyone go see Good Boys like six more times so I can win this game.
0: But I do want to share, I think best no not the best your my favorite, favorite movie that i saw that came out this summer is was
1: it avengers endgame
0: no that's a spring release
1: i know but i'm glad you know too mm-hmm. so we're all on the same Back page in may. it was actually april it was april may is still f- summer movie season
0: oh but my choice is not in may
1: is it in June?
0: I actually don't remember when it came out. Is August, it July? Maybe. My favorite movie of the summer was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh, July. I was very impressed with Quentin Tarantino's newest film. Um, I had a great time. I would watch it several more times, and both Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are fantastic in it. It's a lot of fun. I love the tributes to old Hollywood in that era of filmmaking, and thought it was super cool. It's my favorite movie of the summer. Ryan? Tyler. How about
1: you? Ooh. Well, I really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite film of the summer of 2019. That slot is a movie that has a very special place in my heart. And I'm sorry, it's not Sharon Tate. It's Bo Peep. Toy Story 4 is my choice for my favorite summer 2019 film. This movie captures your heart, rolls in all the characters you've loved throughout the previous films, gives you a new exciting story, takes you in a place that you didn't even think the Toy Story franchise needed to go after 3. You thought it could all be done. But no, the story makes sense and it continues the story of Woody and his friends and it just pulls your heartstrings in all the right ways and I love it and if I could... I would already own it on Blu-ray, but it's still in theaters, so I can't do that yet. So it's also very good.
0: It's a great movie. It is. I love that it re-centers the focus of the story onto Woody and his personal character.
1: Exactly. This is Woody's story. Forky's also great. He's a wonderful addition. I can't wait for Forky ask a question, whatever that is when it comes to Disney Plus. Oh, I forgot that was a thing. It's a thing and it's happening and I don't know what it's about, but it's more Toy Story content and that's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Alright. Forky, you are not trash.
1: No, Forky, you are, you are the star content of our hearts. You are brilliant, brilliant content, just like this podcast. Speaking of which, let's kick things off with movie number one. Dr. Sleep. This movie
0: comes out on November 8th and is directed by Mike Flanagan who has done Oculus, Hush, and more recently Gerald's Game, which is another Stephen King adaptation that he did for Mm -hmm. Netflix.
1: Exactly. And the trailer for that looks really good. But we're not talking about the trailer for Gerald's Game.
0: No. Have you actually seen the movie Gerald's Game? No, I just watched the trailer. I've only seen the trailer. True to
1: our podcast.
0: Uh, Dr. Sleep is going to be starring Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, and newcomer Kylie Curran. Ooh. This movie. Okay, so this is a Stephen King adaptation of a novel that's written by Stephen King. Well,
1: it's an adaptation of a Stephen King novel. Stephen King did not adapt them. It's not a Stephen King adaptation because he didn't adapt it. Yeah, yeah yes. It's, it's a it's Mike it's Flanagan it's adaptation. adaptation.
0: This movie is an adaptation of a Stephen King novel, also titled Dr. Sleep, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is a sequel to the Stephen King novel, The Shining. Yes. Listeners will recall that The Shining was also turned into a movie directed by Stanley Kubrick.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it before.
0: And the movie The Shining and the book The Shining are not the same. No, because one of the several key differences in the plots of the book and the movie. And Stephen King very famously didn't like the adaptation that Stanley Kubrick did of The Shining, even though It's brilliant. It's a great movie. It's
1: one of the best movies ever made.
0: And I can't speak for the book The Training cuz I haven't read it, but I know people love the book as well. So I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. This but isn't they a are book different. podcast.
1: This but is a movie podcast. The interesting
0: aspect of Doctor Sleep is now it's an adaptation of the book that Stephen King wrote, but the director Mike Flanagan is also trying to help make it be a sequel to the movie The Training,
1: but also the book at the same time.
0: Yeah, and also a, a faithful adaptation to the book. So it's an interesting hybrid of Following up the book Shining and the film Shining at the same time.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, did you know that in the book, The Shining, the hotel uh, burns down at the end?
0: Oh, and in the movie, Dr. Seed that we see in the trailer.
1: They go back to the hotel. They go
0: back to the hotel and it's not burned down. In fact, it looks very cold and snowy.
1: Hmm. That's another thing from the movie. It's like
0: the opposite of being burned down.
1: Yeah. Ice. A Song of Fire and Ice is what they should have called this movie.
0: I don't think they should have called it that at all. It's a little confusing.
1: <laughs> well, Tyler, what does this movie look like to you? So, Other than a sequel to The Shining that's Well, suddenly... so it looks like
0: the boy from The Shining, Danny Torrance, who now goes by Dan Torrance, which is garbage. He'll always he's an be adult. Danny in our hearts.
1: He needs to be professional. He can't he put Danny on a the business shining. card. He
0: still has his psychic abilities, and he's being sort of haunted by these visions and these memories of it his trauma that he It seems like he can't sleep, so he needs
1: the doctor to help him sleep. Yeah,
0: the doctor of sleep.
1: Who, I don't know who that is in this.
0: No, me neither.
1: Because since Doctor is a gender-neutral term, it could have been any character we saw. Yeah. It's not Mr. Sleep. No. It's Doctor.
0: Yes. But.
1: I'm guessing it's not the child, because getting a doctorate is, it takes time, and children don't usually do that until they're older.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: But it could be. She could be the Doctor of Sleep.
0: Yeah. Maybe she's very smart.
1: Like uh, Young Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> Doogie Howser.
0: Why did you do this to me? <laughs>
1: okay, let's go back. What is the plot that you gathered from this movie trailer? Okay.
0: Danny Torres has grown up, haunted by the traumas of his past. We see him, like, seeing red rum written on the wall. We see him, like, having a vision of the door that Jack, like, famously chopped through with the well,
1: axe. I don't know if that was the vision. I think he went you think there. think that's the actual door? Yeah. But <laughs> then I think he is having a visions of, like, the two girls.
0: And the two girls and the the blood coming in front of the elevator doors. Mm-hmm. Those seem like visions. Well, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not, especially I think in is a trailer a theme of this movie.
1: And at some point, he grows a beard because he doesn't start the trailer with a beard.
0: Yeah, he has a beard at different points on and off throughout the trailer. Welcome to
1: Beard Watch 2019.
0: <laughs> Anyways, Danny is grown up and he's he gets confronted or he meets this other young girl who also claims to have the Shining, which is the psychic. Mm-hmm. Well, she thinks she's like
1: magic, and he calls it. Hey, it's called the Shining. Yeah. Also, update on Beard Watch: the girl has no beard throughout the whole trailer.
0: Yes, beardless. True. And at some point, they're going back to the Overlook Hotel, like
1: because they have some and connection. There is
0: a mysterious antagonist character, a woman with a hat, played by Rebecca Ferguson,
1: and she also
0: and she's like sucking air out of people's like she's a like a bad
1: know. witch or and something. People
0: have their eyes turning blue. It looks very strange and. It, it doesn't really look like The Shining to me.
1: No, it seems more like a weird, like, magic fight action movie, but also elements of horror and also elements of the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, it's interesting. Because at one point, like, it seems like Rebecca Ferguson's character is, like, trying to invade the new girl's it's head.
0: Almost, I'm drawing this comparison right now. It's almost like The Shining version of Logan. Hmm. Like, an older Ewan McGregor. Ooh, like an old Wolverine, man right? Danny and Torrance. a younger, like, and, and like... He's trying to like take care of her and help show her like how to use this thing. While there's a mm. antagonist pursuing them for some reason.
1: Plus, Logan has a beard in that movie.
0: Yes, that's but that's beard
1: watch like whatever year that movie came out, not 2019.
0: Yeah, that's the beard watch of the past. I don't know. It's it's intriguing to me. I don't know that I'm completely sold on it yet. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm into it.
0: I like, I want it to there. be good, but the trailer definitely makes it look a lot more generic and toned down than, like, The Shining was. But every time it has, like, the score from The Shining in the trailer or, like, a shot, like, either archival footage or, like, a flashback to elements from The Shining in the trailer, I get, like, super excited again. And then it reminds me that it's, like, taking place in this, like, other storyline that seems, like, very different from what The Shining was. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm into that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm conflicted because I want to be into the new storyline. And I feel like that could be a good movie, but it doesn't really fit the tone of horror, in my mind at least. Right. Um, but then every time it cuts back to The Shining, it goes, Hey, remember this is supposed to be connected to this movie? You remember The Shining. You remember the blood. You remember the bathtub scene. You remember the girls. You remember the blowjob bear. He's not in the trailers, but you remember him. Um. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that movie. I can watch that movie anytime I want because I own a copy of it. I want to see what you have that's new, but also what you have that's new. I'm confused about how it is the continuation of the story.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I would say that is my sentiments too. But the so trailer, like it's a decent trailer. And I love that the way that it uses, like I mentioned, the score from The Shining.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely intrigued. Like, it's piqued my interest and I want to go see this movie. And I'm hoping it's good. I'm not, like, sold 100% that this movie's gonna be good. But I'm definitely... Like, they definitely have got my attention and I'll be in the theater.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Cool. You know what else is cool? Space. Yeah, because it's super cold and you'll get chilly and turn into an icicle.
0: You know who's in space? natalie portman in the new movie lucy in the sky
1: oh um
0: you know that's what we call a
1: segue whoa that was like probably my weakest air horn ever wow sorry listeners we're not doing it again well it just has to come organically i can't do a retake (laughs) wow if that's the episode title i'm sorry um well, Lucy in the Sky is a film that just premiered out of the Toronto International Film Festival, and opens the first week of October, which is October 4th. Um, it's directed by Noah Hawley, and this is his directorial debut, but he's done a lot of stuff in television. He's the guy behind Legion, and behind... He did Bones. Oh, he did Bones? He did Fargo, the new TV yes. show? Well, it was. it's newer than the movie, but it, it's not that new of a show now. You understand what I'm saying. Um, this movie stars Natalie Portman, John Hamm, Zazie Beetz, and Dan Stevens. And it kind of looks like the story of Natalie Portman went to space and was like, wow, space is awesome. But then she came back to Earth and she's like, this is not as awesome. And then she wants to cheat on her husband. And then the person she cheats on her husband husband with is like, like she's
0: wearing a disguise and running from police mm -hmm. at some point. But then
1: like, she's cheating on her husband with John Hamm, her husband's Dan Stevens, but she's cheating with John Hamm and then... Her and John Ham are competing for a slot on the next Apollo to go mission back to space because she loves space and that's like the only place she likes. But John Hamm's like, Honey, please. I'm a man in the sixties, it's gonna go to me and she's like, Ugh, but she has a Texan accent, and the aspect ratio keeps changing, and she went underwater for a little bit, and Zazzy Beats is also there, and Dan Stevens has a mustache. Beard Watch continues. It's not quite a beard yet. <laughs> so, Tyler what did you think of this onslaught of imagery that you got in this trailer?
0: Lucy in the Sky, it's a very good trailer. And I love, you mentioned very quickly, the trailer keeps playing with the aspect ratio. So when it opens, Natalie Portman is in space, looking down over Earth, looking out into the, the vast abyss of the universe. And it's a full widescreen shot. And then as Natalie Portman descends and comes back to Earth, the, the screen continues to shrink. And the aspect ratio gets smaller and smaller and smaller and tighter around, like, a very small portion of the frame.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's, like, a 4 by 3 aspect ratio, like what you got on old TV shows.
0: Which is super interesting, I think, visual imagery to show the way that this is, like, the psychological analysis of Natalie Portman's character seeing, like, the full grandness of the universe and then feeling stuck in a very small town, like, small life as if her Mm -hmm. life is losing purpose and losing meaning back on earth after she has seen like the entirety of space. I think it's a very cool way to visually represent like that theme that's present in the film and in the trailer.
1: I agree. And it's definitely my favorite thing about this trailer. Um, I also really like how they play with the Lucy in the sky with diamonds music in the trailer, because obviously the song or the movie is named after the song from the Beatles and they have this weird slowed down like version of it. It's like, yeah. do, do, do. You know the music. We don't want a copyright problem here.
0: Um, I'm also really intrigued by this plot because I think it's one of the few movies that I know of where it centers on, like, the movie opens, at least it appears like it's going to open or at least begin towards the start of the film with the characters in space on a space mission and then the rest of the movie having to do with their life after they've returned to Earth. Seems like a lot of other movies, it's either, like, the majority of the movie takes place in space or is, like, the build-up to a space mission that is, like, the latter half or latter portion of the movie or it takes place entirely in space. And mm-hmm. I love that this is kind of turning that on its head and saying... Life after space. Let's look at the psychology of a female astronaut who goes on a space mission and then returns to her life and feels as if, like, of course, a woman in the South in this era of time is going to feel so much smaller by the relegation of society than she did when she's floating above the earth in the great. I mean it's well it I've makes so much space. sense mm-hmm. that this would be the way that somebody would react but it's also I don't feel like it's been explored before
1: definitely and it's very visually interesting like there are scenes where she's making out with John Hamm in the back of the truck and then it like shifts and she's floating through space like that gives her the feeling of being back in space. Yeah,
0: the moments where she is feeling as if she's being liberated to the point where she experiences a little bit of that like space freedom mm-hmm. on Earth. Yeah. And it's going to be about this woman that's pursuing that type of freedom after she's experienced it in a world where she doesn't really get that.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think Noah Hawley is a great choice to direct this because his stuff is visually very interesting and very out there and weird and off-putting to some, but... Like, enjoyable to me. Like, the show Legion is probably one of the weirdest shows I've ever watched, but I haven't caught up with the third season, but I will finish it and watch every episode. Um, But I really like it, and this just looks like, of course he needs to do a movie about space and about psychological issues, and of course he's going to do weird things with the aspect ratio and transitions. So I'm excited because I want to see what Noah Hawley can do on the big screen because he's done such great things on the small screen.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite little moments in the trailer is when uh, she's back on Earth, and it looks like she's just kind of living a typical day-to-day life, and the husband's like leaving for work and walking out the door and says, I love you to the moon and back, and you just kind of see Natalie Portman, like, just has this, like, very quick, wistful look on her face, and it's like, imagine saying that to somebody that has, like, been to the moon, (laughs)
1: Like, do you know how hard it is to get to the moon and back, and your love can do that? um, Do you? It's like, you might love me, like...
0: Halfway to the moon. To
1: the edge of the atmosphere and back.
0: Yeah, maybe, like, the upper stratosphere tops. But you
1: gotta, like, power through that love. And that weak little mustache of yours, I don't know if that can handle it. Dan Stevens. I gotta gotta go with... I gotta go with big, strong John Hamm, but turns out he's a jerk. Whoops. Also, I need to be blonde now. What's that all about?
0: I, I legit think that she starts leaving like a double life or something like that. It's gonna get crazy.
1: I don't I, know what's gonna happen, but I want to see and I want to be along for the ride, especially if Noah Hawley is driving.
0: Yeah, the visuals look really great. The performances look good. I mean, the medius one appears to be Natalie Portman's, and I love some of the acting that she does in the in the scenes in the trailer, and. I think the plot just focuses on something really new, original, creative, and that has a lot of depth and weight to it that I think Mm -hmm. could be explored very thoroughly.
1: Yes. And, um, Tyler, were you aware that this film, the Lucy, the titular Lucy, is based on a real-life human being?
0: Is she really?
1: Yeah, she was an astronaut person. So some things in this movie are true, but some things are lies.
0: Ooh, this reminds me of one of my favorite games.
1: Ooh. Uh, I think we're thinking of the same game since we pre-planned this segue. It's It's Two two Truths and a Lie. lie. Wow, I can't believe we said the same thing even though we semi-planned this. So, Tyler, explain to us our new game.
0: Alright, so this is a new game on the podcast, but I'm sure you're familiar with Two Truths and a Lie. If you aren't, it's a classic game for, like, Getting to know yourself to a new class or... Group of people. Yeah. Whatever you may have.
1: So basically the idea is you give three statements. Two of them will be truthful. And the third... one of them is a dirty,
0: dirty lie.
1: Yes. And then the goal of the person that's not you is to say, I think this one is the lie. And you go, wow, you're correct. That one was the lie. Or you go, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm. The lie was actually this one. I duped you, sucker. So we're going to play that game, but we're going to play it with random movie trivia that Tyler and I looked up on our phones uh, for about 20 minutes about different movies. So,
0: so we've each just chosen three random movies to uncover two random true trivia facts about and then make up one random false trivia fact about. And we're going to go back and forth and see which one of us... Is the best lie detector.
1: Ooh, or the best liar.
0: Ooh, that's true too. Mmm. Hmm. Really to think makes you this. think.
1: You gotta have a big brain for this. So I do you want to start us off, or do you want me to go first?
0: Um, yeah, I'll start. Okay, okay. So the the first movie I picked to play two truths and the lie with is Shrek. Mm. This is from 2001, directed by Andrew Adamson and Vicky Jensen.
1: Those are all truths so far. We haven't started the game yet.
0: All right. Truth or lie number one. I don't know how to do Statement number one? Trivia fact number one? Number Number one. one. (laughs) All-Star was intended to be placeholder music, but was so loved by test audiences that it was kept. All-Star, of course, is the famous Smashbox star that kicks off the film. Number two. Shrek received his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Number three. Drew Carey was originally cast as the voice of the Magic Mirror, but dropped from the project. Ooh. Ryan, which of those statements do you believe to be a lie? Or you can reverse engineer and think of which ones that you know slash think to be true. Okay. And then use the process of elimination.
1: I think All Star really was a placeholder. Oh, these are all so good. Because I believe Shrek could have his own star. Because there's so many Hollywood Walks of Fame, anyone can get a star. Um, And Drew Carey makes sense because he was the game show host and they kind of played that game. But I'm going to go with Shrek does not have a Hollywood star.
0: Shrek does have his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wow, what was the lie? But Drew Carey was never attached to the project. That was so good.
1: I was thinking that at first and then I was thinking more in my head. Thinking, Shrek... A Hollywood star? But those are for real people. That's what
0: I thought too, but apparently they made exception for the big green machine. Wow.
1: I, I was bamboozled. I've been duped. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can turn the tables a little bit here, Tyler. Are you ready for this one? Yeah,
0: dupe me right back. Here we okay, go.
1: Okay, here we go. I'm going to start us off, or I'm going to start off with the 1986 film Labyrinth, directed by Jim Henson. How well do you know Labyrinth, Tyler?
0: I've never seen the movie.
1: Oh my gosh, it's wonderful, but it's also ridiculous and wild. Okay, here we go. First statement. Before casting David Bowie in the role of Jareth the Goblin King, Jim Henson considered Michael Jackson for the role. Statement number two. The film opened third at the box office, behind Ferris Bueller and Karate Kid 2, but it did manage to beat Top Gun. And number three, Princess Diana attended the premiere of this film.
0: These are all very good.
1: Think it out loud.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure Jim Henson and Michael Jackson have had some sort of working relationship because I believe that they worked on Captain EO together, right? Is that Jim Henson's stuff? Do they use puppets in that? Mmm. I don't know if I should tell you yes or no. It's part of the game. So I think it's it's definitely possible that he considered Michael Jackson, but I also feel I'm conflicted because at the same time I feel like David Bowie was like just the go-to on that project. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna store that one away as a truth. I think the Princess Diana I think is also very likely that she was at the premiere of this movie. So I think I'm gonna say that number. 2 is the lie and I don't think that it beat
1: Top Gun at the box office mm. you would be correct this movie actually opened 8th at the box office and barely made back half of its budget Um you were right Jim Henson did consider Michael Jackson he also considered Sting and Prince before they settled on David Bowie wow and Princess Diana and Charles were both at the premiere of this film in London Amazing. because they're Brits and so is Jim Henson good job Tyler
0: that was very shoddy.
1: There's no bamboozling than you
0: and logic to get me there, but I'm glad I made it there.
1: All right, what's your next
0: All right. film? The next film that we will be truthing slash lying about is 2009's Avatar, directed by James Cameron. Ooh. All right, here we go. Statement number one: The cigarettes Sigourney Weaver's character smokes throughout the film is actually computer generated. Statement number two, leading man Sam Worthington has actually admitted that he has never viewed the film in its entirety. Statement number three, inspired by his own film, James Cameron helped indigenous leaders in the Amazon rainforest to plan a battle to stop construction on a dam.
1: Okay. That third one sounds so ridiculous that I would be very proud if you made it up, but it sounds so ridiculous that it has to be true. Um... I believe that Sam Worthington is the kind of guy who would make a movie that became number one and never watch it. So I'm going with the lie is Sigourney Weaver and the digitally uh, placed cigarette. I don't believe that was true.
0: The cigarette is actually digitally rendered.
1: Which one was the lie? The Amazons? I totally made up
0: that Sam Worthington
1: hasn't seen this movie. I can't believe the Amazon one was real.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Sam Wild. Mo- but Sam Worthington does seem like the kind of guy who wouldn't That's watch exactly
0: it. why I wrote it. I was like, hmm. I
1: never doubted that one. Wow, Tyler, you're really good at lying to me. Hmm, I don't know how this bodes for our friendship. <laughs> well, let's see if I can uh, dupe you. I'll get another chance when we talk about John Turtletub's 2004 cinematic masterpiece National Treasure. Statement 1. This film more than tripled its budget at the box office statement number two the independence hall scene was filmed at knott's berry farms replica of independence hall or statement number three roger ebert bless his soul rs in peace gave this film four out of five stars and said it was a great children's adventure
0: okay My mind immediately goes to, I definitely believe that Roger Ebert loved this movie. (laughs) I don't (laughs) doubt that one for a second. That one's definitely a truth. He's just a sensible man, and he's right. (laughs) It's great. Huh. I guess it could have been filmed at Knott's Berry Farm, but I also feel like they would try to do it at the actual one if they could, but maybe they weren't allowed to for some reason. And I'm completely blanking on the first statement that he gave me.
1: The film more than tripled tripled its budget. budget.
0: Oh, didn't people love this movie? I think that it tripled its budget. I'm saying that number two is a lie. I don't think the Knott's Berry Farm. Farm.
1: Ooh, I bamboozled you! Oh,
0: what was wait? What was what's the lie? Roger
1: Ebert gave this film two out of four. He He said it. it was very silly and that. If Monty Python made a parody of it, they wouldn't have to change a single line in the screenplay.
0: Oh, no. That was my most certain touchstone.
1: Yes. The Why film... are they
0: filming at Knott's Berry Farm? I have Is no clue. Is there any context for that or that was It said it was filmed was in given.
1: location when it could be, but except for when they have to go to Independence Hall, they had to do it at Knott's Berry Farm.
0: Knott's Berry Farm?
1: The Wikipedia actually... page?
0: To scale, I don't know. Full size replica.
1: It works for the movie, right? You didn't know it was in the Berry oh Farm. My God,
0: I had no clue. I know that was the.
1: Most I mean, I guess ridiculous. there is a shot where you
0: can God. see the roller coaster in the background. but... I don't. I just assumed there was a roller coaster <laughs> in the in, film. All... I've never been. Whee! The Freedom Ride. Freedom Riders. That's a good name. They should put one there. Well, honestly. you know, like the
1: Freedom Riders, the movie, but this is the yes, Freedom Riders. It's a yeah, yeah, it's a pun.
0: Alright. Wait, it's my turn, right? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay, we're going to 2008's The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan. Here we go. In the movie, the Lamborghini model that Bruce Wayne drives is a Spanish word for bat. That was statement number one. Statement number two. It took over ten takes for Heath Ledger to be satisfied with the iconic evil clapping that he does as the Joker. And statement number three. The Joker Batman fight scene was filmed in Chicago's Trump Tower.
1: Wait, which fight scene?
0: Uh, the final fight scene at the at the end of the film. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay.
0: We're near the end of the film. Uh
1: uh-huh, I understand now. Um The lie is the clapping one. It is. You I don't need ten takes to do that. Maybe three at the most.
0: I do feel, though, that Heath Ledger in this role... ...is a perfectionist. ...would have been the type of person to do that.
1: But ten, I think you overplayed your hand there, Bucko. I'm so sorry. If you had said five, I might have bought it. Mm. Okay, now let's see if I can tie it up. If I can bamboozle you on this last one. It's a it's a tied game, and we leave here as equals.
0: Sounds good. Let's here we go.
1: It. We're talking about 2018's The Grinch, directed by Scott Moister and Yarrow Clark. Uh, Clooney? I don't remember. I don't know how to say that name. Okay. Yarrow. Fun fact that's not part of this. Yarrow was attached the whole time, but Scott replaced another director Oof. through the in the production. That's not part of the game. That's just a, that's a bonus for you.
0: Ooh, that's a truth.
1: Yes. Okay, so here's statement number one. The film premiered in November at the Regency Village Theater in Los Angeles. Statement number two: Illumination asked Benedict Cumberbatch to use his real British accent, but Cumberbatch insisted on using an American one. And statement number three: The soundtrack for this film features a collaboration from Tyler the Creator and Danny Elfman.
0: Oh, I'm well. Actually, I don't know if the Danny Elfman part is true, but I know that Tyler the Creator is involved on this album sound on this movie soundtrack. So I think. That's true. Unless you just added a very specific thing to throw me <laughs> off. Um, hmm. But I think oh, they all sound true. Um, I think that for some reason I'm getting the vibe like my my brain is telling me to pick number two as a lie, but my heart is telling me to pick number one. I'm mm. I'm gonna say that number one is the lie.
1: Ooh. Big Brain, taking it home. You are right. The film actually premiered in October.
0: Wow.
1: At the Regency Theater in Los Angeles. So early. I know. I was shocked.
0: Wait, so my brain didn't take it home. My heart took it home. Because my heart is the one that told me to go with number one.
1: Yeah, but then your heart told your brain.
0: I guess. That's true. Well, my brain controls my entire being, actually, if you think about it.
1: It's true. Big Brain. Well, turns out... Tyler.
0: I'm the better bamboozler and I can't be bamboozled. Well, I can sometimes be bamboozled, but not as often as you can be bamboozled. At least in That's this situation,
1: yes. I'm the more naive soul and Tyler's the lying swindler man.
0: Well, that was fun. It I, was. I had a good time with that one. You know
1: what else seems like fun and that we could have a good time with? What? Our third movie. Jojo Rabbit. Ooh,
0: this does seem fun and like a good time.
1: You know what I always think of when I think of fun and a good time? Nazis? The Holocaust! Oof. Ooh, maybe not. But, satire, defeating hate. Yes. We
0: love it. We love you know, to see it. Thank you, t- you Taika Waititi. You take
1: away its power when you make fun of it. It's true. That's why we need movies like Team America World Police. Sure. It's a good movie if you haven't seen it. Well. And it's a satire. Okay making fun of people in power.
0: Cool. Sounds great.
1: But today we're not talking about Team America World Police. We already talked about the puppets when we did the labyrinth thing. We're talking about rabbits.
0: Jojo Rabbit. This movie is set to debut on October 18th and is directed, as I mentioned, by Taika Waititi, who is famous for doing What We Do in the Shadows and also for Ragnarok, which is a great movie. Mm, That's a good one. This cast includes Roman Griffin Davis. He's the newcomer. The star Scarlett Johansson. She's been around. Thomasin
1: Mackenzie. She was in uh, Leave No Trace, which was a really good film last year. It got like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Tycho Waititi, the yes, director. Yes, also the director.
1: Sam Rockwell. Ooh, he's in good movies. He's a but he's often looked over, but he's the greatest part of some movies. Rebel Wilson. Oh, from that game we played to play
0: like the last time, and, and it we took had us forever? to connect through Rebel Wilson. We
1: could have done Jojo Rabbit, and also Stephen
0: Merchant and Alfie Allen. Oh, the Office dude in the Game of Thrones dude. Yeah, he well, he yeah, he co-created Stephen Merchant co-created the British Office with Ricky Gervais. Well, he's also stars in it. No, he doesn't.
1: Stephen Merchant is Gareth. No,
0: he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not.
1: Who is Gareth? then?
0: Some other dude.
1: No, I'm right. He looks just like him.
0: He doesn't
1: though. Please hold while Tyler fact checks me.
0: Mackenzie Crook. What? He looks totally different.
1: He does. Wait.
0: You just believed he looked. I
1: believe. Like that. Wait, is Stephen Merchant the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean, or is that that guy too?
0: Stephen Merchant is from Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: I thought they were the same person this whole time.
0: I think. I I I betted on that being true before I actually looked it up. So let me please
1: hold while them. we fact check.
0: No, he's not.
1: Who is... Wait, who is not?
0: Steve Merchant's not in Pirates of the Caribbean. Is
1: it the guy from The Office?
0: I don't know. Which one are you talking about? The first one?
1: The Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm talking about the guy with the wood eye.
0: Oh, I don't know who that guy is. Is that one of the British office people? I thought so. (laughs) I feel like that's a completely different person.
1: Please hold while we get our British people confused.
0: Okay, we got... Oh, yeah, Mackenzie Crook. Yeah, so Dwight, British Dwight, which is Gareth, is Mackenzie Crook, and he plays the guy with the wooden eye. Okay. But Stephen Merchant is the writer from the British office, who's also in, like, other British things.
1: Okay, I just thought he was He often collaborates with Ricky
0: Gervais. He was the one that was just in Good Boys.
1: Yes, the sex doll guy.
0: Yes, and now he's in Jojo Rabbit.
1: Okay. I don't know why I thought they were the same person. Maybe the office connection.
0: We are two completely different people.
1: Well, you and I aren't, but they are. Um, so anyway, Tyler, this movie Jojo Rabbit, coming back to what we were initially oh, talking yes. okay, about. Okay, so this
0: movie basically looks like it is a satire of Nazi Germany and specifically the, what were they called? The Hitler Youth. Hitler, Hitler Youth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Roman Griffin Davis is. I don't know what his real name, but he, he's is this given little the blonde name boy. Jojo Rabbit.
1: I think his name's Jojo.
0: His name is actually Jojo?
1: I don't know. That's the only thing they call him in the trailer.
0: Okay. Sure. And he has an imaginary friend that is... Taiko Waititi. As Adolf, Adolf Hitler.
1: Hitler. Ooh, that guy's Weird. not nice.
0: But funny, actually. Yeah. So Jojo is getting all this propaganda shoved in his face being a part of the Hitler Youth as Aryan children in 1930s, forties, forties Germany were.
1: It's just the reality of the time.
0: But also his mother, Scarlett Johansson, starts hiding a young Jewish girl in their home. And so Jojo is learning to deconstruct the hate that he's being fed as he's being constantly overwhelmed by it at the same time mm-hmm. from both the world that he lives in and his imaginary friend, friend, Hitler.
1: Yes. Um, something that really stood out to me in this trailer is it seems that the imaginary friend hitler is the embodiment of just fascism and nazism at its core like hey what should we do with this girl oh we should burn down the house and jojo says maybe that's not the right idea but i like seeing that dichotomy and like that fight within jojo represented in this way and i'm excited for that
0: yeah and i don't know it looks like it's gonna be equal parts like Not like biting satire, but like with the satire elements, like being funny, being witty, but also turning that into being something very heartwarming and like encouraging to show people that hate isn't always the right way, the best thing. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I'm really excited for Sam Rockwell and Rebel Wilson in this movie. Yes, as they play like the lead. The rough deal to
0: be like always the. Like, white supremacist when he plays an American, and now Now? he gets to play a literal Nazi.
1: But it looks like at one point he gets to become, like, a glam rock Nazi. That's kind of
0: cool.
1: Whatever that is. And Rebel Wilson is just doing her Rebel Wilson thing with a Nazi twist, you know? And I don't know. I think they both are great fits for these roles, and they both ooze comedy. Even though Sam Rockwell has done some more dramatic roles in, like, recent years. He's still one of the funniest and best parts of Iron Man 2, which in my opinion, Stan Rockwell is the only reason you need to watch Iron Man 2. He shines. Um The trailer doesn't really delve into much on Steven Merchant, except for um he's not the guy with the fake eye from Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: No, he comes to the door, he's like the people that investigate if mm-hmm. you're harboring a jewel in your home, which Scarlett <laughs> Johansson is, so that's a yikes. Oof. Um, I kind of think Scarlett Johansson might die in this movie, but that'd be pretty rough. Wow.
1: Potential spoilers. If we're right, you can find us libel, but not legally libel. Just like libel with an asterisk that doesn't really mean anything libel, but you can say that.
0: Well, I'm not saying it with any weight. I'm just... No, because
1: it's all speculation.
0: Yeah, I'm just speculating.
1: You just gotta speculate responsibly. Thank you. The more you know.
0: But yeah, I think this movie looks great. And like I was saying earlier, I think you need that element of turning it into like some sort of message of like, hey, maybe like being hateful isn't cool. <laughs> you need some sort of like heartfelt takeaway or message at the center of this movie for it to not just be like we're just making light of the Holocaust. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be something beyond just humor around like Hillary.
1: Yeah. And I think the line that really drives this point home in the trailer is said from Thomason McKinsey, the Jewish girl that's hidden in the uh, walls or whatever. Um, she tells Jojo, you're not like a Nazi or we're not enemies. You're just a boy who likes to wear a uniform and wants to be part of a club. Yeah. And I think that really, like, their friendship is the driving force of this movie in the heart, and the struggles that Jojo has against the world he's living in, and the imaginary friend Taika Waititi Hitler is, and it's also the devil what, on his shoulder. It's also what
0: brings this movie into being, like, poignant and significant in the modern era, where mm-hmm. we see so much, like, we see so many people in the world choosing to, like, double down on anger or hate towards other people just because they want to, like, fit into a certain group. And, like, that doesn't need to happen. Like, people are allowed to love other people that are different from them and not have to be, like, grouped into certain, like, factions or parties or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, totally. Um... It's a very important message from our time since we are so divided by party lines and by, like, group affiliations and by, like, race and sexual orientation. It's just a good reminder to let you know everyone can be friends even though you're different.
0: Absolutely. And one of the things I love about this movie is the poster is like a little rabbit face. And it's done with the bunny ears, but it's also the peace sign, which I think is, like, a great visual representation of, like, what the movie is about. Like, it's silly and, like, funny at its forefront, but it has, like, a significant, like, heartwarming message.
1: Peace and love, Tyler. Background. Peace and love.
0: Ooh, thanks, Ringo. hmm Sidebar, Ryan and I recently went to go see Ringo Starr and his all-star band. It was Line one of concert. the most fun concerts I've ever it been to. It was an enchanting night. I if you
1: have a chance... Don't hesitate.
0: Get those tickets to Ringo. They're significantly cheaper than St. Paul McCartney. And? So much fun. If
1: you're worried, like, maybe I won't be a fan of the Ringo show, you can have, like, a preview of it. If you go to the Wikipedia page, you can see their set list for every year they performed. That's just a quick plug for the Ringo and his all-star band Wikipedia fan page.
0: Ringo, I'm going to email you before this episode comes out, and we can leave in this promo for money. Or I'll just leave it in because I love you. And thank you for one of the best nights of my life.
1: And thank you for listening. I'm really like surprised to see who's listening to this. So far, Isaiah, Mustafa, and Old Spice are listening. And Ringo Stars listening. So, thank you for all that you do for Preview Review review. Well, Ringo. I
0: mean, they may not have listened yet, but I'm sure they'll listen after I email them, right?
1: Yes. That's how things work.
0: Great. Yeah, well, I mean... I I respond and read every email that comes into my inbox, so. Cool.
1: Um, Tyler, I'm just wondering, have you ever gotten an email from Martin Scorsese?
0: No. Maybe you'll get a reply. I think he has my email address wrong. He has, like, a period in the weird place or something like that. Oh, like. Oh, it's, like, .con. Like, he made a typo. He entered it into oh, his contacts. Oh, poor Martin. It's, it's just been like that forever, and he, he doesn't realize it. He just types in my name and hits send. And I really got to reach out to him and make sure that he knows mm-hmm. to go back mm-hmm. in and, and change that.
1: You know, I, I'm sure he gets, like, he understands because he probably gets that all the time. Because is his name Martin Scorsese or is it Martin Cor- Scorsese? It's Sazi. Yeah, but, like, people say both.
0: So, the next film is The Irishman by Martin Scorsese.
1: Martin S. The famous film director.
0: Marty
1: S. Hey, Marty, what's up? So Martin, this guy, he's directed so many things. Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Hugo, Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Goodfellas, The King of Comedy, Mean Streets, The Aviator, Shutter Island. He's done it all, folks. The
1: Silence, The Departed, The Gangs of New York.
0: You know him from at least one of those movies. I the play. Last
1: Temptation of Christ. Okay, that's the last one, I swear.
0: But he's doing... His masterpiece, his final... His magnum opus. The Avengers Endgame of the Scorsese universe. They're not connected, but it's just because...
1: It's the next one, and it sounds nice to say that.
0: And it's like the culmination. He's got all the heavy hitters in here. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci.
1: But he doesn't bring back Leo.
0: I mean, yeah he was too busy.
1: Well, this movie's called The Irishman. I don't know if we've said that yet.
0: And it's coming to Netflix.
1: But first, it will have a very limited theatrical run in a couple theaters in LA and New York
0: just so it's eligible for the Oscars. So it'll be movie theater um Now for everyone else in the rest of America, you can watch it on, on November 27th your couch.
1: on Netflix, 26 days after it has an exclusive release in theaters. It'll be streaming on Netflix, so you can pause it. You can put subtitles on. Yeah, you're
0: probably gonna want to watch it on Netflix and not go to New York or LA for these screenings because this movie's like three and a half hours long.
1: Well, unless you live in LA garly. and have very good bladder control and are okay with sitting that long.
0: But otherwise, like those are very specific qualifications for that audience.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's
0: like ten people tops.
1: Hmm, those cities have a lot of people in them.
0: Yeah, but only ten of them have Kambada control.
1: I don't know, maybe like ten each. Twenty.
0: Okay, twenty total. We'll see this movie in theaters. Okay, so this movie... What's it all about, Tyler? It's based on real people in a oh. real period of time. Ooh, what time period? All over, honestly. The past? The past, The yes, present? It's an older... Um, Hitman, who's known as the Irishman, reflecting on his career and all the things, all the dirty deeds he's done, dirt cheap. Shout out to AZDC. I don't know why I thought I making that reference. To me... But Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap also sounds like it could be the title of a Scorsese film. So,
1: you're right. Robert De Niro is playing this hitman, cleaner, mob agent guy in old self and young self, which means... We're digitally de-aging, baby. It's the
0: bread and butter of the 21st century of cinema. We're taking old people and we're making them look young for the films. We
1: did it for Michael Douglas.
0: We did it for Will Smith.
1: We did it for, um, that dude who plays Tarkin that's dead.
0: Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Well, we didn't really de him.
1: We just We de-aged him. him. He from was the from the grave. He's a skeleton, but we put some flesh we back on those bones. We also had
0: young Finn Wolfhard in it, too, because he aged so much in two years that they were like, this boy looks too old now. <laughs> we got to give him some chubbier cheeks. And a
1: higher-pitched voice. But, Tyler, other than de-aging, what else does the Irishman bring to the table?
0: What's it, what's it got going for you? It's got the mob violence. It's got the, the streets of New York. It's got all the hallmarks of Scorsese's classics.
1: I agree. But um, watching this movie and thinking about it, or this movie trailer and thinking about it, it reminded me of something.
0: It reminded me of something, too.
1: It reminded me of an episode of Bob's Burgers.
0: Oh, that is not the thing that it reminded me of at all. There's
1: one episode where Bob and Linda are helping this guy film a movie. And the premise of the movie is... He's like an old mobster looking back on all the things that he's done.
0: Wow. That's. Did Bob's Burgers get an advanced copy of the script?
1: <laughs> so that's. I'm like so confused because I'm like, this is some very interesting parallel thinking going on here. Or is Bob's Burgers like making fun of the Irishman and they just thought their episode would air way later? or did bobs burgers like think of this and scorsese go it's brilliant and turn it into a real movie H. what John happened Benchman here is, like
0: really tight with martin scorsese and like had the download on this movie like i watched this
1: trailer and i said i've seen this but in like animated form That's on television so,
0: just, i don't even think i remember that episode hmm.
1: i don't it was just i'm just flabbergasted at the parallel thinking happening right now
0: well the thing that this trailer reminded me of is the classic film of tom hanks forrest gump because we do see the text on screen during the trailer is his story changed history and we see like de niro's playing a like i think fictionalized maybe not version of a real person forrest gump's not a real person but he's interacting with other real people from well i think de
1: niro's playing a real person like a person that actually existed Yes, but maybe it could
0: be like a fictionalized version of that person. Like we don't know if all the things that he does in this movie are things that that person actually did in history. Oh yeah, it's not a documentary. But we see him interacting with people like Jimmy Hoffa and like reacting to the news of like the John F. Kennedy assassination and things like that. And so we're yes. seeing like this character having involvement and impact on historical events over a period of time. It just reminded me of Forrest of Gump. Um, but, of course, it's going to be, like, the Scorsese-fied, version of that type of yeah. m- movie.
1: Something that was really interesting to me was it said, like, what you said about, like, he his story changed history or whatever, and that line came up right after they showed the shot of, like, Kennedy's assassination, and Did I'm like, he was he JFK? involved in the JFK assassination? I'm, like, about to watch a very different movie than what I signed on for. What's going on? And it made me think, and I go, I don't really know if I want to see that, but I do want to know what Joe Pesci's coming back for. Joe Pesci doesn't come back for movies very often. Mm -mm. So this is telling you, Scorsese's got some weight that he's throwing around and he's saying, Pesci, let's go.
0: Yeah. I think it also could be done in this sort of vignette style of like, you know, so maybe Joe Pesci didn't have to be like on set to film for this entire three and a half hour movie. Maybe he's in like one segment of this film. Similar to Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think it could be like that, mm-hmm. where we have this central character that's going through, like obviously that movie doesn't take place over as big of a period of time, but it's like interacting in these different moments of time with different people, and just seeing how his character changes and evolves over time.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see what this movie has in store. I'm interested to see what Scorsese thinks is worthy of a three and a half hour cut.
0: It's, and like that, it's probably because that story takes place over that long period of time that it does yeah. this type of bulky run time. But it's... That's it's a doozy, the, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. If this wasn't going to Netflix, I would definitely say why didn't they, like, split this and make it, like, a two-parter, the Irishman, the Irishman to more Irish, more man. Or just
0: condense it. Like... Yeah. I want to know what's so important. Like, what can't you that cut? That has to fill... Yeah, that has to fill this time. Exactly.
1: Like, you can... Why can't you cut this down to, like, two hours, 40 minutes? You know? That's a... That's a still a long movie, but it's doable.
0: Right.
1: This one, you need to pause it. You need to go to the bathroom. You need to get a, a refill. But you can, since it's on Netflix.
0: Yeah. I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic.
1: Like... I'm sure it'll be great, but I don't know how much like, I'll enjoy it.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a great, well-made movie, and I'm excited to see what's included in it, but I I don't know that I'm, like, super hyped that I would go, like, to L.A. to see the theater mm-hmm, mm-hmm. showing of it and spend that time.
1: If the movie came to a theater near you, Tyler, would you go see it? Like, if you had the option, like, it's like, after it's, it's at the closest already, AMC to me. Well, it's already at it's already on Netflix. Um, and it's at a theater close to you. What like you have the option?
0: I actually think just with the runtime and everything, I think I actually might watch it on Netflix. And then if I liked it on Netflix, I might go watch it in the theater. Hmm, interesting, because that's how I felt when I watched Roma hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't have the option to just go see it in theaters, but after I watched it on Netflix, I was like, man, that'd be really fun to go see that in theaters. Well, So if I enjoy the movie enough, it might make me go there, but I don't know that my first instinct would be like, I don't know, like I love going to see movies in theaters, but more, it definitely is the runtime that I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe I'd want to do it at home No, first.
1: I definitely agree. Um, I really wanted to see Roma in theaters and I had the opportunity because it was in San Diego but we just never went cuz we never found the time and then it just didn't work out so i ended up watching it on my phone um like a pleb yeah that was rough but it was okay cuz it was just as good but i'm sure it would have been better on the big screen <laughs> but maybe i don't watch the irishman on my phone maybe i'll watch it on my couch because i you definitely watch
0: movies off of your couch
1: you know you sit on the couch like the
0: smart tv Smart. Oh, so you watch Roma just sitting on your phone, but you were watching it on TV.
1: Maybe, I don't know. Next time I'm gonna watch it on my Samsung Smart Fridge. Ooh. Gonna open
0: it up. That's a plug. Samsung, (laughs) I'm gonna email you.
1: Wow, giving out so much free advertising today.
0: We're just I mean all our potential advertisers, it's it's ripe for the taking. We have see how flawlessly we have weaved in all of these sponsorships. And we literally
1: haven't said a bad thing about any of these things. We are praising all of them.
0: I'm telling you. We're right here, baby.
1: Can you watch Netflix on a fridge? Is that a thing now?
0: I actually don't know. It feels like it's 2019 and it could be.
1: But I also feel like why? Because. I don't know what else I'm going to say about the Irishman. I'm drained. I feel like the three and a half hour runtime has already drained me. Yes, Justin. I've already watched the it. Bob's Burgers episode.
0: I know. I'm actually curious to see how much how similar it is. I want to go watch that episode before I see the movie. But
1: All right. You know what's short and sweet and not three and a half hours long, Tyler?
0: Mm. Do you want me to guess the real answer that I know, or do you want me to give a fake answer?
1: Mm-mm-mm. Well, um, I don't know. The real answer. It's a haiku. Ooh! Wow! We so seamlessly haikus. planned and not. We're so unorganic. So, Tyler, before we say goodbye, I think we need to add a little poetry into our lives.
0: I love it. Let's
1: do it. So, I'm going to give you the title of a movie, and then I'd like for you to make a haiku based on that movie. And if you want, you can throw some movies back at me, and I'll do the same thing. We'll just go with it. We're just poetry here. We're flowing with Um, the motion. We're flowing,
0: and Mm -hmm. also... Of course, after every poem
1: you have to Oh yes snap. Exactly. And to go with this free flowing motion idea, these Kaikus are freestyled on the spot, and so are the movie titles that I'm going to be saying and you're going to be giving to me. None of this is scripted. We're flying off the seat of our pants, if that's a saying. It sounds something, right? It's close. Okay. Let's do it. Alright. Tyler, you ready for the first movie? Yep. First movie. Is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets? Mm, Tyler is currently thinking and counting syllables using his fingers. For those of you unfamiliar, okay, okay, I got
0: I got it, I got it. Oh well, yes, we should do this though. For those of
1: you unfamiliar with what a haiku is, a haiku is a short poem um, created by the Japanese. It features one, or it features three lines. The first line must be five syllables. The second, seven, and the third, five. Again. So the format is five syllables, seven syllables, three syllables. Three lines. Five, five seven, five. Three short lines, one short poem. Ready, Tyler, go.
0: Trouble with Dobby. Take flying car to Hogwarts. Battle giant snake.
1: Ooh, brilliant. (laughs) Lovely, Tyler, lovely.
0: Ryan, the film that I will have you haiku is king kong any iteration
1: okay okay let me think about this adrian brody dino's fight on skull island the great beast goes down
0: amazing splendid well done
1: i couldn't have done it without adrian brody <laughs> Tyler.
0: He has a perfect five syllable name.
1: Your next haikuable movie is The Sixth Sense. See this is a trick for all you listeners out there. Even though the movie is called The Sixth Sense, Tyler never uses six syllables. It has to be five seven five.
0: Okay, I think I got it. Let's hear it. Also, blanket spoiler warning for all the movies. For a that movie we did that came out thing. in nineteen ninety-nine. Well, all Nine. movie movies—we're really spoiling. Okay. Bruce Willis is dead. Wow. Haley Joel Osment sees him. <laughs> he sees dead people.
1: Wow. It had a great beginning, middle, and end. I love it.
0: Ryan, the film I would like you to haiku next is the Disney classic The Little Mermaid.
1: Oh, The Little Mermaid.
0: Also, it's Haley Joel Ozma in the sixth sense, right? Yes, you are right. You are right. Thank God.
1: Okay. Here we go. Big Sea Witch is bad. Dumb girl sells voice for some legs. Eric Kills with ship. Stunning. Uh, okay, Tyler. This will be the last film I asked you to haiku, but I hope you have one more for me.
0: Yes, we'll do our our, our final um, haikus next.
1: This film is West Side Story.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I have the first two lines, but the closer, it's not coming to me. Mm-hmm.
1: The Closer, TNT, we know drama. Oh my
0: gosh, Kira Cedric.
1: Kira Cedric, please sponsor us. Tyler will send you an email. <laughs> I don't think The Closer's even on anymore. Never saw a single episode. I'm sorry, Kira.
0: Okay, I th- I think I got it. I feel like it's not as powerful as it could be.
1: Let's hear it, Baby.
0: But it boils down the plot to basically, it's bare essentials.
1: Well, that's what we need. Three lines, 577, or
0: 575. Puerto Rican girl falls in love with a white boy. Her brother gets mad? It works. (laughs) Nice job. (laughs) Like I said, it's just the essentials.
1: Yeah, there's no room for Officer Krepsky.
0: All right. Ryan, Tyler. the other film I want to ask you to haiku is.
1: The last haikuable film of the night
0: Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho.
1: Ooh, a classic. Okay, let me think. Please don't show up late. The money doesn't matter. Norman is his mom.
0: Great job!
1: Yeah, I tried to tie in a little film history for you. those of you who don't know. Um, don't Spoil the Endgame was not originated by the Russo brothers. Alfred Hitchcock had a big push for theaters not to let anybody in to the film after the first 15 minutes of the film had started. Because the star of the film, the poster girl, is not in it for the majority of the movie. And they would feel like they were cheated out of their ticket if they showed up late. And she had already been killed off. So he had big posters saying, don't show up late and don't spoil my movie. Like with him, like a cutout of him, like going shh or like showing the film, like presenting the rules. So that was what the first line was. Don't show up late. I love it. So now we had fun and we learned something.
0: And really, aren't the best haikus always educational? And fun.
1: Just like this podcast.
0: Wow, that was actually a really cool game. Thank you for coming, listeners, to our live movie poetry cafe.
1: Well, it's live for us now, but when you listen to it, it will be pre-recorded and edited, and but it, then. But it was put-
0: done live, so like we didn't write these ahead of time. Yeah, yeah,
1: freestyle.
0: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. All right, Ryan, ready to freestyle rap the outro to this podcast? Not at all, but we can just outro no, regularly. We're not doing it. But I will ask you for our regular outro, what is your favorite trailer that we talked about this week? And what movie that we talked about this week are you most excited to see?
1: The pressure's on. My favorite movie trailer of the week actually was Lucy in the Sky. This movie trailer shows me that this movie has a visionary direction that it wants to go in and an interesting take on a tired idea of a space movie. So that is the movie trailer that I think is the best of the four we talked about this week.
0: And which movie that we talked about are you most excited to see?
1: I am most excited to see Jojo Rabbit. I am interested in seeing how Taika Waititi plays with Hitler, and I'm interested to see the heart that can come out of it, because I know Taika has it in him, and I really am excited to see glam rock Nazi Sam
0: Rockwell. Tyler, what about you? Ryan, I'm going to go get up to get a coin, because... My favorite trailer is also Lucy in the Sky, and the movie I'm most excited to see is also Jojo Rabbit. What? So we have a tie.
1: We're back to the tie. While we wait with bated breath while Tyler Go gets a coin, we'll remind our listeners that (coughs) a tie is always broken by the flip of a coin. Ever since the time we decided it's better to flip a coin than to hold fingers behind your back, because that makes very little sense. Okay, Ryan, the key question here
0: is, does Jojo Rabbit... Say more of a heads or a tails to you?
1: Rabbits have tails. Lucy has a head. Because Lucy's in the sky, her head goes underwater. Lots of things with heads in that trailer. And rabbits have tails and Lucy doesn't.
0: Okay, if I flip the heads, Lucy in the sky will win. Congratulations, Noah Holly. If I flip the tails, Jojo Rabbit will win. Congratulations, Taika Waititi.
1: And here we go. That's production quality. Keep it in. What is it?
0: Tails! JoJo, Jojo Rabbit! Rabbids. Rabbids. Burr, 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 burr. You
1: did it, Taika. You're taking home the most coveted a award. Grand
0: prize.
1: It's an award that we don't have a name for, but you did it. You won.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Preview Review. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at or, Preview Review. Also, you can listen to us many places now. We made it on iHeartRadio. Or on some other thing that just takes our stuff off of Apple. But if you listen to that, that's great. And wherever you listen to us, please like follow us or subscribe to us. Whatever Rate you and do review. There. Like us, whatever you want to do. We if really you appreciate are, all of your engagement.
1: If you're curious about what platforms we're on, you, there's a link in our Instagram bio that takes you to a lovely webpage that Tyler designed with the help of a program. That shows you all the platforms we're on, and we will keep updating it as we get a wider and wider net.
0: And also, I think we have people that listen to this regularly enough for me to finally ask, like, you can message our Twitter or Instagram account and let us know what are things that you like that we do on this podcast, and we can try and, like, play those games more often or do things like that. Uh, You can let us know if you have an idea for, like, an original game or an original topic that you want to hear us talk about, and we'll try to include that on an episode so let us know. Sound off. Yeah, fan engagement. Dedicated listeners, we'd love to help. We've made this it podcast this far. Be the best it can for us and for you, our listeners.
1: Yeah, because if it was just for me and Tyler, we wouldn't record it, and we wouldn't spend time editing it. We would just talk about movies like we usually do. This is actually really fun for us. So if you want to be involved in any way, if you have any feedback, let us know, and we will listen
0: awesome thank you so much for being a dedicated preview review fan
1: and if it's your first time you've made it you're a dedicated preview review fan thank you for listening to one whole episode
0: as always i'm tyler ellison and i'm ryan too Woohoo! Bye-bye!